The New Orleans Saints made the exact move they needed to in order to improve their offense in 2024. So what's next? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? I am your host, Ross Jackson, here on the Locked On Saints podcast, your credentialed media member covering the New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked On Saints, we're going to be taking a look at what's next after a flurry of moves have effectively almost completely emptied out the entire New Orleans Saints offensive coaching staff. We'll update you on those moves, and we're going to kick everything off today with a look at the move that means the most, the New Orleans Saints making the tough decision, but doing the thing that needs to be done to get their offense moving forward. And that means moving on from offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. We're going to take a look at some of the people that could potentially replace them and what the New Orleans Saints should do here as they continue to move forward. Thank you very much for being an everydayer and making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network and here on Locked On Saints, your team every day. Day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself with the purchase of a new Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five different big-time antibiotics that you want to have around. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. Use the promo code Locked On to get $20 off of your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So the New Orleans Saints did the tough thing, but did the right thing in moving on from offensive coordinator. Pete Carmichael. The New Orleans Saints want to revamp the offensive coaching staff the way that they revamped the defensive coaching staff ahead of the 2023 season. And that is evident and it is headlined by the New Orleans Saints parting ways with Pete Carmichael. Look, this was a move that needed to be made. I know the New Orleans Saints scored 24 points per game by the time that the season was over, but they were hovering around 15 points per game early on in the season, kind of started to creep up a little bit to 19 points per game. And if you look at where the New Orleans Saints lost their season and effectively lost their playoff spot, it was because of the offensive inefficiencies early on in the season. The same offensive inefficiencies we saw early on in the 2022 season. So one of the things that I've continuously harped on when it came to the New Orleans Saints offensive system and why it needed to be updated, upgraded, worked on, improved, however it is that you want to look at it, is the fact that for two years and three quarterbacks, this offense at best has been mediocre. Now, I will say now that you saw that game at the end of the season, that the offense at best could be a little bit above average for sure, going up against a bad team and the Atlanta Falcons and all that. I get it, but still some positives there, but not enough for you to say, all right, let's buckle in for a third year of all of that, especially if you're Dennis Allen. Look, Dennis Allen's going to get a third year at head coach here in 2024, as we've always expected. He should not have his future, and he should not sit back and allow his future to be decided by the side of the ball that he doesn't control. So go in, revamp the coaching staff over on that side of the ball, keep the pieces that are going to be important for you. We'll go over that here in just a little bit, but revamp where you can and make that offensive side, put that offensive side under leadership that's going to make it better. This is going to be Dennis Allen's last chance with the New Orleans Saints here in 2024. And so he's got to get it right. 
And so get it right by not signing up for this for a repeat of what you've experienced over the course of the past two seasons. Believe when people show you who they are. And I think that the New Orleans Saints made the right decision here. As much as it stinks, 18 years of service, a Super Bowl, a phenomenal run with the New Orleans Saints, certainly aided by Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Of course, we can't forget that context, but man, was Pete Carmichael not a part of something special here in New Orleans? He 100% was. He just is no longer. And the part, and, and that started before he was let go. That started before the Saints parted ways with him because what's been happening in New Orleans over the course of the past two seasons is not special, right? And so you want to be special. You want to move that offense into the right direction. This was the tough but first and right move that needed to be made in order to do that. Now, the next piece is hiring the right person to replace Pete Carmichael. So as the offensive coordinator spot is open, I put out an episode, just a quick hit, a hurry up uh, earlier on on what day is it? Tuesday. <laughs> I put it out on Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. But um, but with that, I highlighted three different candidates that I thought would make sense for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Los Angeles Rams passing game coordinator, Zach Robinson, a guy that's uh, looked good in terms of his time with Sean McVay. The Saints got an up close and personal look at that Sean McVay offense again this year and the way that it's continued to, in, to evolve that's a spot that is on the forefront in terms of what's changing. What are the trends in the offense around the NFL? He's a good name to watch in Zach Robinson. You've also got Clint Kubiak. Clint, not Gary. He's the son of Gary Kubiak. But Clint Kubiak, who's the passing game coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers, was an offensive coordinator back in 2021 with the Minnesota Vikings. Really good finding success there. 1,616 yards for Justin Jefferson on 108 catches and 10 receiving touchdowns that year, over 4,200 passing yards for Kirk Cousins, 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. That's successful. That's really, really good, especially for what the Minnesota Vikings have been offense-wise and what they were offense-wise that year in 2021. Now he's coming over for the San Francisco 49ers, working with Kyle Shanahan and all that. That's a really, really good spot to also look at how do you get to the forefront of the NFL. And then my sort of you know, out of left field guy was Brian Hartline, the offensive coordinator for Ohio State, come in, get an opportunity to work with a guy like Chris Olave, who he worked with in college, all that, and then bring a little bit of that collegiate mind, which is always sort of at the forefront of the trends that eventually hit the NFL over on the offensive side of the football. Those were kind of my three guys. Brian Hartline might actually be a better fit for another position we're going to discuss here in a little bit, the wide receiver coach spot that's now been vacated by parting ways with Cody Burns. A bit of a surprising move there, but we're going to get to that here in just a little bit. But there's other names out there as well. Greg Olson, uh, O-L-S-O-N, who's currently the, uh, the quarterback coach for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, was the quarterback coach last year for the Los Angeles Rams as well. Unfortunately, those years coincide with Matthew Stafford's down year last season and then Geno Smith's down year this season, but injuries and things like that definitely played a role in there. I believe the New Orleans Saints were interested in him at one point recently as well. So it wouldn't be, as I understand it, their first contact with Greg Olson. So that could make a lot of sense. Uh, Gerard Johnson, the guy who's been the, uh, the, the working with the, um, the uh, Houston Texans is the quarterback coach, did wonders with C.J. Stroud. I think a lot of the success that you see that's happened uh, over in Houston comes from Bobby Slowick in particular. And so that's one of the reasons why Gary Kubiak is at the top of my list. 
because Bobby Slowick, who is the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, was previously the passing game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Mike McDaniel, who is you know at the forefront of every trend in the NFL in terms of offense right now with the Miami Dolphins, well, well was until they got eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, he was a passing game coordinator in that same Shanahan system in San Francisco. So I really like that position and its ability to translate to a new destination as an offensive coordinator. We've seen nothing but success so far. No reason to believe that that will change. And there are other really, really good and awesome uh, opportunities and, and folks that could end up landing that role as well. Guys internally like Ronald Curry. Um, you know, We'll see what happens with John Gruden. I, again, I don't think John Gruden as an offensive coordinator update your offense enough. So I think you want to go with one of the younger guys. It's going to be able to bring you into the modernity of the NFL. This was a really, really good and smart move by New Orleans because there is a fantastic, fantastic long list of offensive coordinator candidates that can come in and have a massive impact on your offense. And so hopefully the New Orleans Saints, they got the first part right. Now I'll get the second part right with the right hire. And look, it wasn't just the offensive coordinator spot that changed. We're far from done here on today's episode of Locked on NFL. The Saints moved on from another couple of folks on the offensive side and lost an offensive coach. Who could be next? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Therapy Online has been there for me when I have needed them most. Because look, sometimes you just need the opportunity to get something off your chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to eat at you over time. So it's important that you always get the opportunity to get something out, especially with somebody that is unbiased in your life. So today, I want to say something that has been bothering me and might be bothering you as well. I'm going to stick to football here, though. Uh, and especially for you as a Saints fan, you know what's been getting on my nerves here recently? Um, Los Angeles Rams fans do not get the do not deserve to be able to complain about blown calls in the playoffs. I'm sorry, you just don't get to do it, right? Like that, that get get off my nerves with all of that. That's all that I'm saying. So look, therapy can be different for everybody. Like I'm sitting here complaining about football, but look, most of us have even bigger problems than our favorite football teams and all that. So it's important to make sure you're getting things off your chest every once and a while. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to save 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. No mystery lineups. No, 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 none of that. It's you versus the house. Prize Picks gives you projections. All you have to do is pick two to six players and choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than those projections. It's that easy. And right now you can even mix things up in the specials tab. You can take LeBron James and combine them with uh, Travis Kelsey and go more or less 10 and a half, three points uh, scored and receptions made between the two and stuff like that. It just does not stop getting more fun over at Prize Picks every single season. And it's certainly the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money back. So go and check them out today. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The first deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL. Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, family, it is a busy day for the New Orleans Saints. Not only did they move on from offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael, but the offensive staff 
effectively almost entirely got cleaned out as well. So we're going to take a look at who left and who's left behind and who's still here uh, in New Orleans and uh, some potential folks that could pretend that could come in and fill in on those roles. Really just one person that I'm looking at that could fill in on those smaller roles. So we're going to get to that here as we continue on today's episode of Locked on Saints. I appreciate you very much making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked on Sports Today 24-7 national sports YouTube stream. It's the first of its kind on YouTube. You can find it today and be a part of history by subscribing to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube today. So not only did the New Orleans Saints move on from Pete Carmichael, but they also made a couple of other tough decisions. Cody Burns, the wide receiver coach in his second year, was moved on from a bit of a surprise. We'll go over why here in just a moment. Bob Bicknell, the offensive assistant, also sort of a little bit of a surprise there too. And then Joel Thomas, who we highlighted in yesterday's episode, uh, or actually Monday's episode, the running backs coach that got the opportunity to go and interview for the same position with the New York Giants, did indeed take that position. So there's a lot of context to fill in around that Joel Thomas hire or, or Joel Thomas move. I'm going to get to that here in just a moment. Let's start off with Cody Burns and Bob Bicknell. I'm going to put them both together because both of these guys have backgrounds in working with the wide receivers. Um, and look, I thought that Cody Burns in his two years did some impressive things with young talent, the development of A.T. Perry, the development of Rashid Shaheed, the development, and then sort of that managing that rocky, you know, sort of early portion of the season or midpoint in the season with Chris Olave and in getting him back on track or helping him get back on track. Like Chris had to do a lot of that himself too, but with the support of Cody Burns, it's a huge piece of all that, right? So there is a big time big time kind of surprise that came from this one for me that the Saints ended up moving on from them. The only thing that I could think of is that this is signaling that the New Orleans Saints see coaching as the sort of catalyst for some of the early blunders when it came to the wide receiver room. Wide receivers not running the routes correctly, wide receivers in the same areas, not knowing you know where they're supposed to be and stuff like that. But also a lot of that felt like changing plays at the line of scrimmage and not being able to fully communicate and all this other stuff. Like, Just felt like there was a lot more context to that. So I was very surprised by the Cody Burns move. But look, it, it is what it is, right? Like He's gone and I hope that he lands somewhere. I thought that he was doing a great job with these young guys. I could see the relationship between him and the receivers as well. He's going to be sorely missed in that locker room. So the Saints are going to have to hire somebody with a big personality and that really preaches sort of the family nature of football in order to really be able to continue to connect with these receivers. Because that's one of the things that I think Cody Burns did extremely well was connect with his players. Now, if the Saints are looking for a replacement there, maybe that's where a Brian Hartline ends up making sense. Maybe you don't want to immediately go to the you know college coach and bring him up to an offensive coordinator spot. But you can see the value of having a guy like Brian Hartline working with Chris Olave, keeping things together there, and the value that he brings as a former NFL wide receiver, as a former NFL or as a former wide receiver coach, and now as an offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator experience, all that other stuff. He checks a lot of boxes. So it could be really interesting to see if the Saints maybe go there. I know he and Dennis Allen do keep in touch. Uh, Dennis Allen mentioned Brian Hartline by name when he was talking about drafting Chris Olave after making that selection and all that. So you can see maybe a little bit of a through line there. There's a little bit of a, a conne some connective tissue, and there's a lot of stuff going on when it comes to Ryan Day and the you know the Ohio State Buckeyes and who they're going to be next year and all that other stuff. So maybe this is an opportunity for Brian Hartline to get back into the NFL, back into the NFL as a former NFL player, but getting in as an NFL coach uh, with an organization that he already has, it sounds like, 
at least an existing relationship with and with a player that he absolutely has an existing relationship with. Bob Bicknell is somebody that kind of surprised me as well. Did some really great work with T. Higgins. Did some really great work uh, with Tyler Boyd over with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He was brought in. I don't know if he specifically worked with the wide receivers because I know that there were other offensive assistants that worked with wide receivers, but I imagine that that was a part of what his um, a part of what his kind of role and responsibility probably included. Um, the Joel Thomas one's really interesting because it's a lateral move. And it's so funny because I see people using the same phrase to say two different things. The fact that it's a lateral move tells me everything I need to know is the phrase. And a lot of people are meaning that as in Joel Thomas wanted out. Other people are meaning that as in the New Orleans Saints were on their way to making a change at that position anyway. Here's what I think the lateral move tells me when it comes to Joel Thomas. The New Orleans Saints knew that they were going to be making a change at offensive coordinator. Whenever a new offensive coordinator comes in, they tend to want to hire all their buddies, right? They tend to want to bring people in for the other positions that are open and things like that. If the Saints either had their eye on somebody very specific, or if they already knew that maybe this is a place where they would look to make a change, if they're bringing the offensive coordinator in, knowing that the offensive coordinator was likely to replace some of these guys on the offensive staff anyway, then Joel Thomas might've been one of those target folks. Running back coaches tend to travel with their head coaches, look at the Detroit Lions, and other, you know, there's a bunch of other examples around the NFL as well. That's one of those positions that always seems to travel with an OC. So with that being the case, the Saints moved on from their OC and moved on from their running back coach. They're bringing in a new OC. That OC will probably have their own running back coach that they want to bring in as well. So I think that that's what it was connected to. Hey, look, Joel, Coach JT, like we're going to be making this change at offensive coordinator. More than likely that OC is going to want to bring in another running back coach. And so with that being the case, and we're considering making a move here anyway, this request came in from the New York Giants. Go do this interview and see if you get that job. Basically giving him an opportunity to be able to seal something before being moved on from. Because it's one thing to be hired away from a team. It's another thing to be moved on from, parted ways with, fired, however it is that you want to say it, and then go out there and try to find a job. This was the best possible scenario for Joel Thomas. And this could have just been an example of the Saints taking care of a guy that has been around for a very long time, long time running back coach. The reason that Jamal Williams signed with this team was coach Joel Thomas. Mark Ingram called him the best coach he's ever worked with, all that. They have a lot of respect for coach Thomas. And I think that they showed that as well with this opportunity, allowing him to go out and interview and then not blocking the hire uh, once the uh, New York Giants ended up making that decision. The position coaches that currently remain for the New Orleans Saints, Ronald Curry, passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, Doug Marone, offensive line coach, Clan, uh, Clancy Barone, the tight end coach, as well as uh, Kevin Carberry, the assist or the offensive line assistant is technically his title. I put that under uh, position groups or position coaches because he specifically works with the offensive line. I think out of those four, the person that's most likely to be next to be moved on from could be Doug Marone. The offensive line has steadily regressed under his guys. It is a big time position that they're now having to look at revamping because you don't know if you're going to have potentially three spots open, left tackle, right tackle, left guard going into 2024, maybe having a new coach with a fresh sense of perspective uh, doing that or elevating Kevin Carberry, who was the former Rams Super Bowl season offensive line coach and worked with them the year after where he went over 13 different offensive line combinations in 17 games. He's got a lot of experience. Maybe he's a guy that just steps up and elevates into that offensive line coaching role if the Saints don't, or if the Saints do indeed move on from Doug Marone.
Outside of the coaching staff, the New Orleans Saints do have another big move that they could make, and it's at general manager. Could that be on the way? Yeah, we got a lot more left for you here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is helping you be prepared in what has been one of the worst flu seasons in a really, really long time. And in the midst of all that, sometimes it can be hard to get your hands on the medications that you need and things like that. That's where Jace Medical comes in to play. Look, first of all, they have their Jace case, which gives you access to five different antibiotics to help you out in a bunch of different scenarios where you might need to rely on something. Maybe you're not able to get somewhere. Maybe you live in a rural location, location, excuse me, and you you, you want to have something you can fall back on at home and all that. It's a fantastic option for you. But you can also go to jacemedical.com today and complete a physician encounter. It's going to be reviewed by a board certified physician. And then whatever medications you're looking for could be dispensed if they're available by a licensed pharmacy at just a fraction of the regular cost. So head over today to jacemedical.com because it's never been easier to be prepared than right now. Thanks to Jace Medical. JaceMedical.com, J-A-S-E Medical.com. Use offer code locked on for $20 off of your order. Let's get it. Who that nation? Could the New Orleans Saints be looking at a move at general manager? This could be really, really interesting. So I appreciate you very much. Don't forget, we are your team every day. Make sure you come back tomorrow. Thursday's episode will get you caught up on everything going on around the New Orleans Saints, including including some potential conversations that could be happening over the course of the next week or so as well. So we'll have some good stuff for you here, I promise, as we continue on with another day on Locked on NFL or Locked on Saints. I also host Locked on NFL on Tuesday if you want to check that out uh, as well, since that was a bit of a, a Freudian slip, I guess. Uh, all right. So could the New Orleans Saints be looking to make a move at general manager? They certainly could, but not necessarily in the way that you might see across the rest of the NFL. It wouldn't necessarily be about making a move to move on from someone, but the Saints could make a move at general manager to hold on to someone. So if you caught the Tuesday episode, I mentioned that there was about a 90% chance I'd give it that the Saints would move on from Pete Carmichael, about a 5% chance that they would move on from Dennis Allen. Probably actually I should have gone less than that. And that they would be somewhere between a 5 to 10% chance that the Saints could move or make a move at general manager. It's a 0% chance that anybody fires Mickey Loomis, though. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm really getting at is maybe the Saints don't want to move on from somebody, but instead, maybe they want to keep somebody. And so an organizational restructure would allow them to do that. New Orleans Saints, let me see if I can get this right, Vice President of Football Administration and Assistant General Manager, there we go, nailed it, uh, Kai Harley, received an interview from the Carolina Panthers for their open general manager role. Now, I can't imagine any job being less desirable than one with the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper. No, thank you. No, thank you. Especially now that David David Snyder, Daniel Snyder, excuse me, is out of the uh, out of the league. David Tepper, is he the worst owner in the NFL right now? Could be, could be. Um, so not the greatest gig, but one that somebody that's looking for a first-time general manager, full-on general manager role could take, and certainly one that, look, any general manager role that's available, Kai Harley deserves to have. So if the Saints want to keep Kai Harley from leaving, one thing that they could do, and I, I mentioned this in yesterday's episode, and I want to give credit where credit's due, Saints Happy Hour, 
my guys, Ralph, Andrew, everybody over there, um, tweeted out, put something out on X, Twitter, whatever, um, that like they're hearing rumors that this could potentially happen. It's something we discussed yesterday. It's something that Deuce Wyndham over at Hudak Confessional has been talking about for like two or three years. Um, that the Saints could potentially do a little bit of an organizational restructure, move Mickey Loomis up to like an elevated senior. He's an executive vice president right now. You make him, you know, president of football administration or whatever alongside, uh, you know, they have a current president, but you know, you move him up to another role that's got like that big title and whatever. And then you elevate Kai Harley to general manager that keeps Kai Harley here in New Orleans. If Jeff Ireland doesn't get the job, as a general manager with the Los Angeles Chargers, he becomes the sole assistant general manager along with the guy that's working with college scouting. And then boom, you've just restructured your organization and turned over a new leaf in a really interesting way that both gives you a fresh perspective because yes, Kai Harley was trained up here in New Orleans and with the New Orleans Saints organization, but he's his own human being with his own ideas and his own ways of maybe wanting to do things. And so you're going to get a fresh perspective inherently from that, sort of like how we talked about Ronald Curry moving into the potential offensive coordinator role and how that would still give you a fresh perspective, but give the Saints their comfort and continuity thing that they absolutely love. So this could be a way for New Orleans to not lose Kai Harley, to inject themselves with a fresh perspective at general manager, potentially still hang on to Jeff Ireland as well, and continue to move things forward as they move into a new era as their own organization, not the organization that was built around, obviously Mickey Loomis was there before Sean Payton, but not the organization that was effectively built around Sean Payton and Drew Brees and all that. You're effectively wiping your hands clean of all of that and are now moving into a very, very fresh start. They did it on the defensive side last year. They could potentially do it on the offensive side and the front office this year if they went this route. Now, I mentioned that this would be a long shot, long shot, uh, but I want to give Ralph, Andrew, all those guys credit because if they're hearing it separate from what we're hearing, they could be hearing the right thing here. And so if that happens, this could be really the brand new era and the brand new day for the New Orleans Saints. It would be very, very interesting. And I don't think that it would be such a thing that ends up creating any animosity. I mean, you're promoting a guy that has effectively kept your ship afloat for the past some odd years in Akai Harley, getting him into this new position and trusting him to help to run this organization and giving him more responsibility. I mean, he's done a phenomenal job. He's a great personality. Everybody within the organization loves him. And for Kai Harley, as a guy that has dedicated so much of his time, energy, brain power, right, as the, as the cap genius that he is, um, to New Orleans, having them reinvest in him creates a very, very strong relationship. Or rather, let me say it more appropriately, continues to deepen a very strong, already strong relationship. Just something to watch here. Are the New Orleans Saints going to do this? I don't know. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know. I thought of it as a long shot, but now all of a sudden it started popping up in other places too. Could just be coincidental, but we'll see. Let's follow the breadcrumbs and see exactly what it is that the New Orleans Saints do when it comes to this spot. So it could be, we knew, we already knew it was going to be a very busy offseason for the New Orleans Saints, but it could be an even bigger one, an even more important one for this franchise as a pivot point moving forward. 2024, shaping up to be quite the season 
for the New Orleans Saints, or at least the offseason. Let's, let's wait until we start casting judgment on what the season itself will look like. I appreciate y'all very much for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Locked on Pelicans, as well as Locked on LSU, there for you every single Monday through Friday. Go and check out Jake and Caroline doing some great work over there. I appreciate you, as always, making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the families they will. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.